gamers! Welcome to Games and Feelings, an advice show about playing games, being human, and remembering those games involve other humans. I am your question keeper, as always, Eric Silver, and the activity in my life that I want to replace with a quick time event or a mini game is riding on public transportation. Ooh. Not driving, but if I could get on the subway and then hit like XA, L, whatever, or like I use the ocarina of time to go from the A to the L to where I'm going, that would be really helpful. Oh my god, that'd be incredible! I'm picturing it like, uh, like that game where you have to hop between cars to cross the road. Oh yeah, it could be like Crossy Road, yeah. or it could be Frogger. Yeah, that Frogger. would work too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amanda, hey, my wife, Amanda McLaughlin. What, what, what human activity would you replace with a mini game or a quick time event? Mine would be getting ready in the morning. If I could uh, mm. have one of those things where it's like the um, the circle is moving by and then you have to like hit a button just when the circle matches the hole that matches the circle, you know what I mean? And then suddenly I have like my makeup and hair done and I'm showered and I'm dressed. That would be incredible. I'm concerned about that if only that if you don't hit the thing, I think it has more ramifications. Like you can't, I guess you would have to redo I'm thinking about this as if oh, this was sure. a real mechanic. Like, if you missed it, I think that there's maybe there's like a target on it. Like, if it's going around in a circle, then oh, it'd yeah. be, there'd be like a red space, a yellow space, and a green space, and then a super space. Yes. So I feel like you'd be walking around with yellow stuff more often than not. Yeah. Okay. Maybe then like it's mid, like you'd have mid. <laughs> like like when I time. like when I uh, when I hit my eye shadow with my eyeliner and I'm like, well, shit, that's my whole day now. I have to restart this whole thing. Right. No. And then it's like, well, thirty. Like the time still moves. Like yeah. you're still thirty minutes forward. Okay. But then okay. it's like set. It's like click. All right. Do you remember the Adam Sandler movie Click? Yes, of course I do. So it's like spe- you're speeding through it, and then it remembers you speed through it. So then, but then you don't get control over that part of your life anymore. That's true. Maybe instead. It's like the sort of, um, uh, you didn't play this when you were a kid, Eric, I'm guessing, but there were a lot of PC games where Barbie rode horses. Um, and oh, I know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fodder for most game YouTubes now. Oh, well, good. I mean, they were good games. Uh, but I, you know, you, you kind of like swish over the closet, like you could swish mm. the pants, swish a blazer, and you could swish like a makeup style, I'm imagining. So maybe I could just like step into that, like swish, 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 and I hit randomize. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But then if it's bad, I can just like swish over another set of pants and then again. it works. I mean, we're just talking about character creation now. That's I think true. the biggest problem about this is that it would have to be real time time. Mm. So like you would spend three hours every morning be- doing your character creation. <laughs> Okay, well, now I don't think that was such a good fit anymore. I mean, listen, we have the fashions in Pokemon. You're talking to me like I don't know. Like I don't spend all my time doing fashions. That's true. That's all Tears of the Kingdom is fashions with some small, minor mechanical benefits on it. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up, but you you flip fashions while like falling, climbing, riding a horse. You have to. Exquisitely. You have to. Very fun to watch. You got to switch to the thing that makes me a bird with a wingsuit. Yeah. So that I'm, when I'm flying through it's the incredible. air. incredible. I don't like the one that makes your eyes all glowy, though. That's oh, I like the one that was my creepy. favorite. That's why it's spooky. You're supposed to scare people and you have better attack. Well, you can tell because we're the only husband and wife in podcasting. This is the replay where Amanda and I replay and reply to advice questions throughout the ages, mostly about games, but sometimes about competition and sometimes about baking and sometimes about whatever uh, is happening on the Slate website. It's usually advice of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are, we're doing this on the main feed. Remember, if you like this, if you like what's happening, just pop on over to patreon.com slash games and feelings where we do this on the Patreon. We get You get bonus stuff. We have like over 30 episodes. Every other week, baby. Yeah. 20, 30 episodes. It's a round number. It's a big round number. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're not going to do games that are giving us feelings this week because I have something special for you. 
What? I found an advice question that I could not give up. It's, you know, listen, I'm still out there in the content mines. I still am on Twitter because there's still good things out there. The thing is, is that much like (laughs) it's like I'm in a little uh, barricaded area with a zombie apocalypse where the zombies are Nazis and they're Nazi zombies. So there's still, it's still good because I want to be plugged into the internet and what the internet has to offer us. You can still grow things from a farm in the zombie apocalypse. Uh, So I have a very specific question for you. It's not about games, but it is a... Advice question. Okay. And I need, it really embodies what we do here. I'm ready. This is from May 25th, 2023. Oh, a fresh Very one. Very recent. Fresh this one. is from Dear Prudence. Uh-oh. Advice from Janae Desmond Harris. Once again, shout out to Janae Desmond Harris. She's doing, she's doing a hard thing. She's she doing, doing an a advice. difficult job. She's doing an advice column in the year of our Lord, 2023. Definitely put there under some glass ceiling. Set Expectations, up to fail. Yeah. definitely set up to fail. She gives bad advice a lot. She does. She also crowdsources things often. Uh, Twitter uh, showed me her tweets uh, recently around like, hey, haha, this question is hard. What should I say? And and she she's like tweeting through it in a way that I, mm. I can empathize with if this is your job. Um, but also, I don't love the product almost any of the time. Yeah. Okay. So I'm hiding everything about this. I'm not telling you the headline. I'm not giving you the name. I need to just read the question for you. Okay, Okay. you ready? Yeah. All right. Dear Prudence, I, a married woman, just set up a single male co-worker and a single female friend of mine on a blind date. He's a sharp guy who's traveled the world and knows all about fine foods, wines, classical music, designer labels, etc. Again, every single person who writes into Slate, like, lives in the best apartment you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah, this guy sounds terrible, but continue. Okay, yeah, so she's working. You know that they work at, like, Northward Grumman or something. I, like exactly, they make, yeah. they make weapons that only do headshots on immigrants. <laughs> oh, you no. know what I mean? Oh, no. <laughs> she's ready to dear, to dear Burdens. Okay, and the guy, he's a sharp dresser. He loves classical music oh, and great. designer labels. And she's a stunningly beautiful and intelligent artist. I bet she's, like, a five. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Do they live in like a converted factory that displaced people in like Pittsburgh? Or she something? definitely does. You know? She definitely yeah. does. No, she's doing that, but it's in Brooklyn. Um, okay, I really, or it's like in San Francisco. I really thought they'd make a great couple. Immediately after the date, my friend thought it had gone well and was very excited. So remember, it's coworker and friend. Yes. Yes. Okay. On Monday morning, I asked my coworker, and he said my friend was attractive <laughs> and a nice person. <laughs> body slamming (laughs) seemed nice but he wouldn't be asking for a second date my friend was bewildered by her difficulty in finding a steady relationship so i pressed him as to why no uh don't do that that's so stressful he told me they went to a swanky bar (laughs) and she wait for it it's written there okay she wait for it ordered a plain glass of milk wow Damn. He found this so clueless and childish that he couldn't imagine being with her. Now, my friend is neither a big drinker nor a teetotaler. Just someone who's going to order what she wants without worrying about what others think. No. Should I tell her why she won't be hearing from this guy again so she can reconsider ordering milk on dates in the future? Should I tell him how ridiculous he is for judging someone for something so petty? No. This is from Dairy Disorder, and the name of this article is, Help! I set up a coworker and a friend on a blind date. Her drink order ruined everything. Oh, boy. It was milk. She ordered milk. Oh, everybody did the wrong thing in this letter, as usual. (laughs) 
this is a tasty treat, Eric. Thank you for bringing it. Thank you. I think that, like, I kind of know what your answer is. Okay, let's add, let's theoretically suppose that, like, you were Dear Prudence. What would you say? I would say... You are writing this letter to clown on your friend, first of all. Like, thinking about, you You ask this not because you want a medal, because you're going to medal, because you're a medaler. The letter writer has is clearly a medal. Oh, I thought they wanted, like, an Olympic medal in, like, being a good no, no, person. No, 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 no. No, you like to, you like to get in their business. Yeah, yeah. Like, like to get in the mix. Uh, secondly, I would say uh, you should never have set them up in the first place. This is a terrible idea. Don't, don't cross the streams of work and friendship. And also, your friend is not asking for your, if, unless she's specifically saying, Please ply your coworker for information as to why he isn't asking for a second date. Don't get involved. That's crazy. Oh, do you think that I didn't even consider this? Do you think that girl set up y did not want to be set up? This Probably is real not. like this is real like LOL, I'm doing this and then I'm gonna tweet about it later, energy. Yeah, unless the setup to this letter was like, hey, I, you know, had a barbecue with friends and coworkers, and two of these people hit it off, and then each of them asked me if I could give each other their number, and then they went out. No, no, she set them up. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That woman set up he did not want this. It probably didn't want this, or maybe maybe she's like a single friend that her married friend is constantly trying to get married off, oh, which it's is a real terrible. Situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it's like I work with a man who is not married and I think dates women. Here you go. Like that's that's what it sounds like. Uh and I can't believe both of them said yes. I can't believe she set up her coworker and her friend. Again, maybe if you're a boomer and this woman is in her 40s or, or like, I don't know, I'm in my 30s. Like none of this, I would never be in this situation. Before we even get to the question of whether it was Buck Wilds order milk at a bar, whether it was Buck Wilds to say, I'm not asking you out again because you ordered milk at a bar. I think it's fine to not want to date someone who orders milk at a bar. I think that, like, either they're very quirky internally, and I'm using quirky, I shouldn't say quirky. They're, like, intentionally weird. Being a weird person is part of their personality. It feels like something that feels like something that it is. Or this person is doing it as a prank because they didn't want to be set up. Those are the only two choices. And I only thought of the first one before we came into this recording. <laughs> yeah, I I don't, I can't conceive of a person who would find themselves in a bar and order a glass of milk. That's... Right, exactly. I, That's I, why I'm saying it has I to know. be intentional. I, I think it has to be intentional or like maybe, you know, she read in... Ask E. Jean, uh, you know, the God. like order something weird on the first date and like see what people think of it as like a test. Like either we're in a Sex in the City episode and like she's doing it to test him, yeah. or he is saying like, oh yeah, like you know, like a Seinfeldian almost, you know, oh based on what they order, I'm not going to ask them out anymore. I completely understand that. I I would this also does feel like, like something George and Jerry yeah, came up with. I would I would tell the story. I don't know how to get out of this date, Jerry. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Here's what you do. You order milk at the bar. <laughs> like, it's genius. I won't be offended. I don't have any I don't have any self-esteem in the first place. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah. That's gold, Jerry. Gold. There yes. you go. Yeah. That's very funny. Um, I also love the description from Question Asker about what guy set up person had said that he called her childish. He found this so clueless and childish. He probably said, and I bet she's his boss, but I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, if I was saying to someone, I'm like, what the fuck was that? That's ridiculous. Like childish and clueless and childish is such like reprimanding. Yes. And I think it's only is interpolated what the guy actually said, being like, uh, she did something really weird and I don't like that. You cannot go out on a date with somebody for any reason you want. 
you know, like you yeah, can, you you can decline no. the second. You can right. You could decline the first date, but also oh, sorry, yes, yeah, the but, guy, but the he guy. could also say like wasn't vibing, wasn't feeling it. I I have every certainty that she is his boss, and she pressed him until he could not say he could not demur any further before saying, "Listen, she ordered a glass of milk as her drink, and it was really weird, and I I'm gonna say no." Uh, I I don't think he volunteered that as much as I am judging him a little bit for the letter writer's description of him as like a world traveler. Who loves cuisine yeah, and designers. For sure. For sure. It, this sounds like she's like, look, like he earns a lot of money. Like, why wouldn't won't, won't you go out with him? And the idea that right. two people could just like not be picking up on the vibe or like have a weird experience and decline to move forward, like she thinks is ridiculous. Why would you date Laser Wolf? He's right. such a good businessman <laughs> in this town of Anatevka. Yeah. He, but, has, he loves designer, he loves designer brands. But also, like, how I mean, I guess the people who read and write into Dear Prudence may not necessarily be online. Like they skew older. They, yeah. you know. So like I don't know how you write this letter to somebody and don't expect you're going to be Twitter's main character whenever it publishes. A lot of people don't. And I know that there's a whole thing. We can actually get into this. We should do that as one of the episodes about the guy who used to write in to um, Daniel Lavery's oh, yes. Dear Prudence as a fake. Yes. Like just because he was a failed novelist and then yes. he was bored. There was a whole article about that. That was crazy. Yeah, he like came clean after Danny left uh, the position. Yeah, and published like 10 of his letters, which were all like cribbed from plays or something. <laughs> yeah. It was wild. But yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I think that just with Jenny Desmond Harris, what bothers me so much about it is that she knows too much that she's being looked at under a microscope. Yeah. And I feel like she's playing to not get yelled at, Probably. which is something we see from content creators all over the place, which is why I'm so baffled by her answer. Here, so let's come. Let's come down to the thing. Here is that like I think someone's being hinky here. Something's being weird, and I don't like it. Someone, I'd be like, I want to have a conversation with all of you. Yeah. What is the power dynamics between you and coworker? Does he feel like he had to take you up on this date? Yes. Do Why you, do you feel so responsible for like setting up your friend who seems like happy and fine? And why did your friend? Drink milk on a date. I would ask the question of why she did that. If the answer is she's living her truth, you knew that from your weird, quirky artist friend. I mean, Remember, yeah, she, she described she's her as a an professional artist. artist. I know, I know, yeah. Or if she, and then it gives her an opportunity to say, I don't want to go on that date. And I'll be like, okay, I'll stop setting you up. I wish we had talked about that. That's what I would say yeah. in this to response here. And I think that you led me down that path. Yeah, letter writer seems like an asshole. And I bet both people are kind of like giving her the answer that will get her to stop asking questions. Right. And that is. He's like, coworker had to do it because they're coworkers. And friend was yes. like, I don't like it when you set me up on dates. Like you're in yeah. Anatevka. Maybe the artist friend. I don't know, doesn't want to date for a variety of reasons. Maybe yeah. she's in a relationship and humoring you and like giving you an answer that's like, I don't know. Like I, I can never find a find a man right. and then like leave it at that. Or maybe artist is not nice and yeah. pranked this man. Pro possible. Also true. Okay, so here's the answer. Remember, the question was, should I tell her why she won't be hearing from this guy again? Should I tell him how ridiculous he is for judging someone? So it seems like question asker also thinks that he was being too rash by judging someone for ordering milk. And also she she's like, should I tell my friend the truth that she's turning off prospective mates? Okay, so here's the answer from Janae Desmond Oh, I'm sweating. Okay. okay. Dear Dairy Disorder, and just hoot and holler while you're doing this. Like, stop me at any point. I firmly believe that if a man is really attracted to and interested in a woman, she could order a glass of French onion soup and he'd be fine with it. No, that's not how dating works. Okay. <laughs> this was not the guy for your friend. She does things that he finds clueless and childish. 
She doesn't want to be in a relationship with someone who feels that way about her or someone who doesn't think her beauty and intelligence makes her clueless and childish behavior sort of charming. Oh. She should not hide who she is or what she likes on dates. Janae Desmond Harris, again, taking what, this question on face value. The idea here is not to fake her personality so she can be paired up with someone you think is a fit for her. It's to keep being herself until she comes across someone who's actually right for her. Again, I mean, Janae Desmond like, Harris not being online, thinking that she actually, that woman set up, actually likes ordering milk on dates. <sighs> Listen, this this is this is the world and society. You can be mm-hmm. yourself until it runs up against people's expectations. Yeah. And when you are yourself in ways that cause other people to judge you, you have to like know and accept those consequences. Isn't this the most basic premise of romantic stories yeah. in modern times yeah. that you can't show all of yourself during the courting process? You got to slowly meet it out. Because you're meeting each other and that's how dating works? Like, you dress up, you know, nicely for dates. Yeah. You don't wear, like, you know, I wear schlubby house clothes 50% of the time. If you are the kind of person Uh, who wears sweatpants all the time. uh, no, No judgment. Let's say you wear sweatpants or yoga pants all the time. Would you then authentically yourself go out on a date wearing this clothing you always wear? No. No. Absolutely not. And I don't think that's like a moral failing. I think because like dating is all about like, you know, if you pass somebody on the street, you have 100 percent preconceived notions based on how they are acting without knowing who they are as a person. And when you know somebody very, very deeply, you, you know, understand them 100 percent, you know, who they are inside, regardless of how they like appear and act on the outside. Everything about dating is progressing from point A to point B. Right. You you start out on best behavior. You go to a nice place. You probably you know don't order something like bizarre or stinky that'll be kissing later. How many? Yes, exactly. It's like that's how, normal. How many times do people order salads on dates? Not because well, they I want guess salad. Yeah. For, not because they want salad, but because one, it makes them look healthy, regardless of gender. Yes. I would say, and regardless of the sexuality of the people in the relationships. But two, easy to eat. You're using a fork, yes. and the amount of, of dressing you can put on it is up to you. Yeah. Like, again, not that that is required. And if you, you know, meet somebody when you're, like, disheveled on your way home from something, you know, ridiculous and you fall in love, good for you. That's a meet cute. But for for the vast majority of people, you don't begin as you intend to end. (laughs) You you begin to get to know the person without stuff in the way. Like, if, Eric, I was talking to you and you had stuff in your teeth, I'd be like, babe, stuff in your teeth. You'd be like, dope, don't, thank you. Uh, I wouldn't say that's my authentic self. Right. Yeah. And and that doesn't... that doesn't I don't know. This is this either. No, she... I agree. I agree with you. I yeah. think that like the whole point of what we do here on the replay, where we look at advice columns. Advice columns are supposed to reflect what society thinks. Yes. And like by the whole reason you write in is because the advice giver is supposed to be society maven. Like all the way back to Dear Abby. Yeah. It's like she was crone. We were asking her for <laughs> advice on what to do in our lives. Yeah. And then she told us prevailing wisdom. Janae's Beharis came in and said, no, I'm going to do the thing that's going to get me the most likes and the most people go, wow, so empowering. And that's not helpful in what this the form is supposed to be. Yeah, like a, a classical advice column would be, you know, 
I, what do I bring as a hostess gift, right? Or like mm-hmm. someone was a jerk to me, do I still have to give them a present for their wedding? Right. The answer is yes. Like, just like what does society dictate and when do exceptions kind of give you a pass? Because you're close to the situation, you don't know what is right based on like what society thinks is right. And so th- that is what it's for. It's not to say like, I'm sure, you know, you and this person, because they're the person closest to you and the one whose side you, letter writer, is on, is right. That's not useful. Yeah. Um, and I, I think this is wild. I think if you go out and you order a glass of milk at a bar, people are going to be like, wow, that's a choice. Tell me about that in the best case scenario and be like, huh, okay, goodbye in the worst. And maybe that is her goal. Maybe it's performance art. Maybe she is pulling a prank. I really feel like it's pranks or performance art. I hope it's performance art. If she has a TikTok camera somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. If she's an artist, who knows what that means? Yeah. Uh, or maybe maybe she is a person who flouts society's rules and mm. is like, you know what? If you don't love me at my ordering milk at a bar, you don't deserve me at my uh, drinking water in the park or whatever. <laughs> like, f- okay, but that is a choice she is making, and this guy is not being a judgmental, rude asshole for being like, wow. Um, I don't want to date someone who drinks milk on a first date. I think that's also fine. I truly think that's fine because again. You are making expectations. You've never met this person. You're being set up, right? The first thing you know, and I assume they ordered a a drink in the first five minutes of the date. Sure. One of the first things you find out about someone is that someone decided in this situation, in social situations, to flaunt the rules at my expense. And that makes me feel bad. If someone did this on a date, I'd be like, I feel like you're just fucking with me. And then I would walk away. Yeah. And dating is all about like in the same way that if somebody is 20 minutes late to your first date and you're like, you know what, this sucks and I don't like that and I'm going to move on. Like you are you are essentially looking for red flags on a first date a lot of the time. Right. And reasons to, you know, say like, I don't know if this is going to work. And then you move on and find out if there are good reasons to stay. Yeah. Going back to the matchmaker of question asker, what you said about like, he's rich, just date him again for him. He's like, you're single. Here's a hot lady. The expectation that this should go perfectly dating is about realizing what you want and if this person fits what you want. Yeah. Especially a first date. 100% a first date. We're trying to make a first expectation. Exactly. And I'm, I'm really interested, too, in, like, the legacy of Danny Lavery's Dear Prudence, which really, like, revitalized it from that transphobic asshole who had mm-hmm. the position before him. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the time, the, the advice he was giving, like you know, A, as like a a queer person and a trans person in that position, people could write in for advice questions that otherwise just like wouldn't get picked. Daniel Avery does really, really, really dark questions on exactly. prudence. Remember when we went to the live show? Yeah, And know, the questions were un- unmoderated? Yes. And someone was came up and did a question about sexual assault immediately yeah. as soon as the mic went out. I walked out. I couldn't deal with it. It was very heavy. Um, But it. I, I wonder if part of this is like a, a lot of his answers were for the first time being like, hey, you don't have to have a reason to break up with somebody. Like, you you can just do it. That, that became the refrain and then starts to feed into itself where like people looking for that kind of advice would write in for that kind of advice and then like it, it became kind of monotonous. I wonder if if, you know, Desmond Harris is like working under this uh, sort of legacy of, you mm. know, people writing in to be like, it's fine to judge this person for this reason. Right. Or like, I'm right. Right. And ultimately, that is all of advice columns. But especially I don't know, maybe some some ethicist uh, PhD student will do a close reading of these archives at some point. Um, but it it feels it, it's just, I'm feeling a, no, no, no. no, I'm feeling a hypothesis brewing. Like I I think writing in to this say is like I'm under NDA, but I have a project <laughs> no, 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 going no. where I jump on. No. Uh, I think people write in to say uh, I'm right to judge this person. Right. 
Of and course. That's that your vice question. That has only been truer and truer of Slate as time has gone on. Right. And I wish that someone would be like, no, no just stop. Yeah. Just to stop. Like, there needs to be more interrogation of why the question asker asks the question. That's all we do on this show. Yes. And no one ever does this in the actual answers. I totally agree. And, like, you have to, there should be a box you have to check when writing into an advice column that says, like, the answer might be, I'm wrong. <laughs> and right. I feel as if none of these questions that we tend to answer uh, fall under that domain for Slate, at least. No, for Slate, I mean, Slate's just constantly like trying to pick the most buckwild question. Yes, of which course. Which is why uh, fake questions come on all the time. I hope this one's fake. I don't think it's fake. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little too basic. I know. Well, you can imagine in, like, someone writing like, in it. Twin Cities or like Dallas Fort Worth. Oh, man. I just guess I always assume it's New Yorkers writing it. You're 100% correct. Mm-mm, no, this is giving like work at a contractor like government manufacturer yeah they only headshot immigrants i told you uh, yes yeah dark it's <laughs> the world we live in that's the same person the same person who's like giving a government grant to the u.s military no, he's also um the person who writes into dear prudence and also someone oh did i tell you about the the conflict the the, the, the scandal the the drama happening on tabletop rbg twitter a little while ago about how an active us army serviceman yes. won an award for tabletop rpg yes. work i do Hilarious. remember that what a world what a world hilarious it's like, all right, well, after I headshot a bunch of people who live in the Middle East, I'm just going to work on, like, I'm going to go just do some freelance work for Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> Wild. Wild. Now I'm thinking, like, listen, if this woman loves milk so much, you should have asked him on a milkshake date. Imagine being, like, hey, for Amanda, first date, you want to go like to Sonic? Milk. No, I know. She doesn't I know. like I know. milk. I know. All the things I'm trying to think of uh, involve her genuinely She's a liar. really liking milk. She is a liar. I know, I know, I know. A liar or a prankster. I think that just, it's the scale, though, of, like, there is an element where you can act badly and then you can be, like, it was for the cause. It was for feminism. And it's just, like, don't, can you imagine? Or, like, it was for my art project. Like, can you imagine this person saying that? I don't know. It's just, like, it's it's weird enough that that you, you have to proclaim it. You have to own it. If we're taking all of this at face value, they're, like, all three of the elements here are fine. I think we've made some expectations about coworkers' relationships. But, like, sure. let's say everyone here is trying to set people up. Let's say Question Asker really thinks these two people can get together. They and both the two wanted people to be said set up. Yes. Yeah. Why would set up woman buy milk at a bar? She's not, and she doesn't do it before. That's the whole thing from the question. That they're like, this isn't like she's a teetotaler. She's not sober. Where she's like, oh, I'm taking a stance. I don't like that they don't have any non-alcoholic drinks here. I don't like that there's no NA beers here. So I'm ordering milk. I don't know. Just like, how many bars do you go to and say, can I have a glass of milk? And they can do that. What do the bartenders say? I know. What do you think the bartenders say? What do the servers say? <laughs> It's like we've had friends who have like their first date routine and like the bartenders know them and they, you know, like they have a place they go for the first date. What if she's like going around town ordering milk at different places? Crazy. I know. She's the milk date lady. I don't know, dude. Hey, it's Eric, and I made you gazpacho. You can sip it and I have these little cups and it's acidic and cool here in the summertime. Welcome to the mid-roll. Just to remind you, take the Multitude survey. This is the last week to do it, and I would really love some feedbacks on Eric Silver shows. I join the party and tell me about it and games and feelings. Please, please, please. Multitude.productions slash survey. It will take you 10 minutes. Tops. Link in the episode description.
If you want to support me with dollars instead of just your time, please continue to support us at patreon.com slash games and feelings. Legit, I'm making time to come to the UK at the end of the summer. So if you want to see that content, keep joining the Patreon. Keep joining. I'm going to bother Jasper on microphone and camera. It's going to be wonderful. And shout out to producer-level patrons, Polly Burridge, Kelsey Duffy, and Peyton, who sends you spicy tweets about subreddits and spicy Reddit posts about Tumblr posts. Join now like these absolute goddamn rock stars, patreon.com slash games and feelings. It is busy as ever over here at Multitude, and did you know I make another show called Tell Me About It? It's a game show about proving that the things you love are actually interesting, hosted by me and Adel Rafai from Hello from the Magic Tavern and Hey Riddle Riddle, legendary improv comedian. Adel is an eccentric billionaire who forces guests to come on the podcast to prove that their favorite thing is interesting and cool. Through a series of wild games and challenges put together by Audio Butler Me, guests are scored on the quality of their answers or whatever Adol is feeling at the moment. Think about this like podcasting Taskmaster or an in-depth conversation about something your friend is super into mixed with hunting humans for sport. And the high scoreboard is always there filled with some of your favorites in this medium. That's Janet Varney. That's Jeffrey Craner. That's Matt Young and your favorites here and Multitude. New episodes every other Thursday. Tell me about it. The most fun podcast run by a multi-billionaire. We are sponsored this week by Quest Chest from Bookworm Games. They make modules and tabletop RPG accessories, and right now they're running a Kickstarter for a Quest Chest. Say that three times fast. That's a system agnostic TTRPG module packed full of physical props, puzzies, narrated voiceover, music, and more. The Quest Chest contains a full module with several sessions worth of content. Run the first four sessions independently or time to together as a campaign because there's narrative through lines linking them together. The physical props are something you can't get anywhere else with legit wax sealed letters, metal coins, maps, and even scented candles and tea. You, this is truly system agnostic. You can play it with D&D 5e, Pathfinder, Powered by Apocalypse Games for levels 1, 3, and 5. So go to bookwormgames.com and back the project or buy the previous two quest chests. That's B-O-O-K-W-Y-R-M, like your Chaucer, games.com, bookwormgames.com. We are also sponsored by Gender Spiral, a new podcast about all things gender. Through interviews with folks all across the gender identity spectrum, we'll explore what it means to be a human in our modern gendered world. Gender Spiral is hosted by Allie Beardsley, comedian and actor who you might know from College Humor and Dropout, and Babette Thomas, artist, radio producer, and researcher extraordinaire. As non-binary folks, Allie and Babette are going on a quest to explore topics around identity and gender by interviewing experts on the topic, trans and queer people. Trans and queer folks are constantly examining their experiences moving through life in a society focused on the binary definitions of gender. But really, everyone should feel free to explore how ideas of gender and gender roles work for you and against them in our modern world. No matter your identity, Ali and Babette invite you to join them on this gender journey. Check out Gender Spiral every Tuesday, wherever you listen, starting June 6th. So it's already out. Go check it out. And now, back to the show. All right, well, that was my little present, and that was half the episode. <laughs>
Damn, man. Uh, do you want to talk about Twitter's main character from the week before this? I do. I do. All right. This is from the New York Times ethicist column. What is this? Uh, well, Eric, this is a... Uh, the New York Times just does stuff, and I'm like, what is happening right now? Is this under the op-ed like stuff? Uh, this is a column. It began earlier this year, and it's from Kwame Anthony Apia, the philosopher. Oh, okay. So it's an advice column written by a philosopher. Exactly right. Interesting. Okay. It is also a subscriber-only newsletter. So the New York Times is continuing to crib <laughs> uh, Slate's business model. Um, and yeah, they started this uh, in, I think, yeah, in April. So it's just six weeks old um, as of the time of recording. And each edition involves feedback from the one before. So Whoa. we also have the New York Times subscribers' comments on this, which is a whole different flavor of wild. Oh, man. I like this hasn't broken through to like the larger internet one because Twitter is no longer like I said it's a zombie Nazi zombie apocalypse. Yes, but also because the the current iteration of the internet is increasingly paywalled. Yes, it is. So someone needs to have bought the paywall in the first place to then and then decide yes. to give it to the masses. Exactly right. Interesting. Uh, okay, I'm very excited for uh, the question, the ethicist's answer, and again, like the ideas here is about ethics, not about etiquette. So etiquette is like what society thinks you should do to not appear weird. Mm -hmm. And ethics is like, this is a philosopher and an ethicist saying this. So like they're it's they're so trying funny. to be like, what's right to do? I feel like I'm just going to sit quietly like I'm in a lecture. <laughs> okay. So uh, this question was asked uh, or was run on May 19th. And it goes, mm. my husband loves to travel and always either pays for or gets an upgrade into the first class cabin. Oh, this is interesting. Again, very interesting. I am so surprised. The New York Times is doing something very interesting. And this is a very basic question. It like, is. This one comes up a lot. There was also, this was going around when people thought that James Corden was doing this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there were like a lot, of, a lot of stories about that. So I'm very interested in how this is going to shake out. I'm sorry, I literally just jumped in. No, no, I'm, I'm introducing a new primary source to you for the replay. Uh, so, um, when we travel together with our children, he buys himself a ticket in first class and puts us in economy or economy plus. Classic. Do you, I cannot believe people actually do this. I can't believe people actually do this either. No. This one isn't about games. Is no, it? it's not about games at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was similar to your little Prezi to me. I need to bring you this little Prezi because you also get to see the New York Times readers' representative comments about what they thought about it. I understand. Which is understand. itself just a game. Yeah. So here we are. Um, the internet, the internet content creation. Are we now including content creation and like content strategy uh, in, in, in games so listen, for the replay? My like um, my face reason for this was that travel optimization is a game that I enjoy. Okay. And we could talk about uh, points and optimizing uh, and playing the game of uh, loyalty systems here. Sure. Uh, but no, not really. It's just really interesting. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Uh, buys himself a ticket in first class, puts us in economy or economy plus. He even did this recently on an overnight flight to Paris. He justifies flying alone in first class because of the cost and the fact that our kids, who are 12 and 16, might feel alone if I were to travel in first with him and leave them in the rear cabin. <laughs> so, so as wife, you have to sit with the kids. Yes. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? No, I can't. No, no. I can't either. So. I, I always think that this is fake, but it's, it, I know. <laughs> it happens enough that I think that some guys do it. Yes. Um, so the, the back half of the question is, I feel this is unfair. I don't think our kids would mind if they were in Economy Plus and my <laughs> husband and I sat together in first class. 
Is that unfair of me to want? Wait, that's so funny. <laughs> Fuck them kids. These kids definitely go to private school in Prospect Heights. You know no, they do. No, 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 no. They, they are sent away to boarding school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do not live with their parents. Right. Um, is this unfair of me to want? My husband has suggested traveling alone on a different flight ahead of us so we don't feel badly about the disparity. He will do anything other than spend more money on a two first-class flights. Or time with his kids? Oh, boy. What is... Okay, you were around a lot of rich people yes. in both your job in banking and in startup media. Yes. What is the most frugal shit that you've ever seen a rich person do? I think that, like, when I was in L.A. and I was with... Uh, we have someone who made a lot of money. Uh, they forced me to take the LA subway constantly and would not take an Uber with me. And this happened like five times, five discrete instances. It wasn't like once, it was multiple things. The LA subway, for those of you who know, is bad. It's bad. It doesn't work. Yeah. That's the second reference to public transit on this episode and the second reference, uh, two references to public transit, two references to the town of Anatevka for Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> um, I think mine are mostly around uh, gifts. So sure. like I, I would have like I, I knew a lot of um, of like my bosses and their peers in finance who would have like their assistants buy gifts for their spouses or for, you know, like their housekeepers or kids tutors and things like that. Sure. And like really. Really, you know, nickel and dime or like reuse gifts they got from clients to give to people in their lives. Oh, classic. Um, in a way that was just like, you know, I I don't want to spend money on people who I in a gift that I feel is like necessary and not a thing I want to do at my own heart. That's a good one. Yeah. Remember when your boss took us, you were on a work trip oh, to yes. Amsterdam. Yes. And your boss brought us to a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, it was great. And then we had to pay for our own food. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I know this great spot, the best spot in Amsterdam. And it was a taco place. It was not good. It was not good. <laughs> Shouldn't get Mexican food in Amsterdam. That's yeah. just my thing. No, that's just my thing. All right. So let's close out this question. Um, the stated question that isn't really the question is, um, I feel like him flying ahead doesn't really address or solve the problem of the inherent selfishness in his thinking. Am I wrong? We're happy to travel and love going places together, but it's still very strange. And then <laughs> it's signed name withheld. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Not even a fun name, just name withheld. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to hear? I'm assuming he's a doctor because he teaches at NYU. Dr. Kwame Anthony Apias. I mean, I assume so. He's a professor of philosophy. Yeah, he is a professor of philosophy. He's actually very, his background is very interesting. He went to Cambridge. Uh, if you're dude. a professor of philosophy, even if you don't have like formal doctorate stuff and Dr. Moya McTeer is kicking down the door right now and yelling yeah. at me about how much work <laughs> it takes to have a doctorate, like he's still a professor. You only get to be a professor if you know how to think, if you know and think about philosophy a lot. I'm fine yeah. with whatever. He's also British. So, you know, that's oh, it might just, be different. Yeah. Just like, no, no, like I think that adds to just like feeling like a doctor for us oh. Americans. <laughs> also, do you want to know his mom's name? Sure. Peggy Cripps. That's tight. <laughs> that Sounds like an NPC. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, his his background is really interesting. He uh, he's been a, a professor for a long time. He talks about uh, African intellectual history and the philosophy of language and the mind. Those are Ooh, his areas of specialty. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. I'm interested. I want to hear what this guy has to say. All right. So uh, his response is. The institution of marriage has always taken on characteristics of the society in which it arises. But a modern marriage is meant to be a pairing of equals in which each partner treats the other with respect, consideration, and dignity. Interesting. This is very interesting because question asker's husband thinks he can do this because I assume he's the breadwinner. Right. 
Each has a say in making of significant decisions, and each cares about the other's comfort and preferences. Your husband has another view. He evidently thinks <laughs> that because he's the ticket buyer in the family, his own preferences get priority. Right. We are companion machines, the social psychologist Susan Fisk has written. Quotes, let's go. And the comparisons we routinely make are with those closest to us. Go in, Susan. Your husband isn't entirely oblivious of this. Hence his proposal to enjoy his warmed cashews and lie flat seat on a separate flight from yours. Get him! <laughs> Get him, Dr. Apia. But the best way to address feelings of inequity in intimate relationships is through causing greater equity. You would have mentioned if your husband has claimed a specific physical or medical issue, like a need to keep his legs elevated to justify his seating choices. Good. See, you know that this guy has participated in debates. This he's guy's cutting, a close fucking reader. He's cutting off elements for yes, people to assume. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that means that whatever his reasons for flying up front presumably apply to you, too. Ooh, I like that. That's Get good. And your kids handle being away from you all day at school, so yes, they could surely handle a few hours on a plane without either of you. Still, if your husband thinks that only one adult per trip should fly up front, why not suggest taking turns? I, I uh, 100% agree with this. I think this is a really good answer. It is an astounding answer. And Eric, I love this comparison to building a, you know, like Oxford style debate of just like cutting off, bing, 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 each potential excuse. It's like, well, this isn't it. And this isn't it. And this isn't it. Yeah. This is also funny because he didn't have to address everything. Exactly. I realized that we also have the um, like luxury of being podcasters reading this later. And it's funny how like this was three paragraphs long. Yes. Janae Desmond Harris's answer was one paragraph long. So you can't assume everything. I assume I don't know how long you can do it. This is this isn't like all a poppy and I cannot remember his name because I just know him as Poppy on the internet. Yeah, I know his name is John Paul Brammer. Right. Thank you. John Paul Brammer who writes a full essay in response to one question. This is like boom 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 I gotta answer questions. It's like I know you can't address everything, but I really like the lens that this advice question is being asked on is being like, I'm not even going to interrogate why your children, <laughs> why only one person out of a family of four gets to be first class. If you're saying, if your husband is saying it's a parenting issue, why don't you swap? I like the focused yeah. lens that this guy is writing on. Yeah, no, D Dr. Pia is not saying like, oh, you know, he's being selfish. Like his motivations don't matter. It's like, okay, if we're going to operate in these rules that you're setting up, then the rules need to apply equally to both of us, which is very elegant. Uh, can you add some judgy New York Times commenters instead? Yes, please. Okay. You have so many. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there's five. Um, okay, so uh, reader Carol says, I would advise the wife to look deeper into their marriage. Is this the only area in which the husband puts his needs and desires first? I doubt it. If yes, there is another conversation she should have with her husband, possibly with a marriage counselor present. Man, New York Times <laughs> readers love telling you to divorce after after having a uh, like limp conversation in front of a marriage counselor. Yep. Uh, Lisa says, my question is whether the husband is the only person in the household with an income. Mm -hmm. Does the money with which he buys the tickets come from his own personal account or the joint family account? This financial dynamic goes beyond who gets the window seat. And I would hazard a guess that air travel is not the only circumstance where it plays out in their marriage. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're in a family unit, you guys need to have a conversation about all this stuff. Like, for example, when I used to go on planes with my friends, I was the only one with TSA pre-check. And, like, I'm not responsible for telling my friends to get TSA pre-check. I'm like, I have it. You know where to get it. I'll see, you the, I'll see you on the other side of security. I'll grab coffee. I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, and that, now that and they you know have what, Eric? It, when they, now recently one of them was like, you know what? I'm getting it. And you're like, proud of you, bud. It's like, great. I've had it for yeah. half a decade. <laughs> 
Uh, so, but I mean, with the family unit, it's like, it's really tough. Yeah. Like, Regardless of who the breadwinner is, you're going to have, these people don't go away. They live in your house. Yeah. Right? Like, is his car good and you're shitty? Uh, you know, like, there uh, maybe, maybe there are lots of areas. I just, I like that the comments that the Times chose to surface are people being like, what else is going on? Yeah. I always like the scene, I think, in, like, prestige TV or prestige drama or a movie where, like, people have, like, an unequal relationship or at least, like, a, a balance of power dynamic. And they just, like, plainly say it. It's like, I make more money than you and you're my hot wife, so I'm going to take care of you all the time, but I'm going to spend more money on me and mm-hmm. you're going to look hot all the time. That is our social contract. And I'm like, yeah. I'm glad. I love it when humans just say the feelings that they're thinking or really lay out the relationships, the power dynamics here. And I just... I. I think it's gripping because no one ever does it. And I wish, maybe they did. I wish that someone had just had the conversation being like, listen, the one time I get to feel, and I'm going to, I'm not trying to humanize husband here, but let's say they had this conversation. Say, I make a lot of money. I work a lot. Sometimes I would like to spend a little more money on stuff for me. I'm not expecting you to work. I want to keep you in the lifestyle that you're in, in your household, but sometimes I'm going to spend more money on me. Planes especially, because I hate flying on planes. Are we clear? Is this okay? Can we make a balance? Can I do this thing and you can do this thing? Can I, I'll buy you like a big jewel that can get heisted at the Met Gala? Like, is that okay? Yeah, I'll handle all the packing and you, you know, are on shift with the kids during the flight. But then when we get there, like you have a day to yourself, go to the spa and I like take the kids on tourist things. Like there's there's ways for this to work, but there's a lot of assumptions that are not being interrogated or sort of uh, being compensated for. Right. The worst thing here is question asker is like, my husband sucks. Like you could just have a conversation. If he doesn't want to have a conversation, he sucks. But if you you could just talk about it somehow and then make sure everyone's okay. So when the 16-year-old is like, "Oh, dad's leaving us again." It's like, "No, this is his special this is his time and we talked about it and it's okay." Yeah, the the line that stood out to me, Eric upon rereading this today is, "My husband loves to travel." That's the how this letter opens. Right. Is does everyone want to travel? Are they doing it because like their friends are going to Rome and they also want to go to Paris? Like, or is is this a thing the husband wants to do for himself and he, you know, he either like doesn't want to, doesn't hasn't taken the effort to, or like doesn't, you know, have the words to say, like, I want a thing for me. And like you should have your own, you know, you time and I should have my me time. And mine might involve like spending my money on an overnight trip to like Montreal or right. golfing it's or something. Like, I am buying all of us tickets. But I'm going to upgrade myself because that's what we said. Yeah. Right? This is dad time and your thing later is mom time. Like that, there's a version of this that makes complete sense and is totally equitable, I think right. is what but you're getting at. But of course, of course, they have not had this conversation because he might suck and she also might suck, which is why she, everyone who I think writes a new advice column, I'm just like, talk to each other. Have a frank conversation. Yes. I mean, probably like whatever law it is that is the most simple thing is probably the answer is that the husband's like, well, I'm going to get first class because I like I have the points or the money. I'm and- just saying that like you can it's only a dickish thing to do. The fact that he just assumes everyone's OK with it. Yes. If you, anyone had just worked this out before and then you'd be like, wow, this looks really stupid. It's like, no, actually, we talked about it. and It's OK. It's it's I don't love it. I don't love that this is happening, but we did work it out and I'm OK with it. Like, yeah. I can, I could totally see how this is fine. Yeah. Uh, the New York Times commenters don't. Uh, Daniel <laughs> says, appalling. As a husband and father, I would never travel separately from my family. If I was lucky enough to get an upgrade, I'd be a gentleman and let my wife take it. 
Um, uh, <laughs> we get it. Oh, you're wow. You're such a good husband. Great yeah. job. Uh, Sarah says, does the husband share no responsibility for parenting? Right. Like, I mean, I kinda, like I'm kind of meeting it. I, I am meeting these people where they are with this thing. Yes. You're yeah. Right. And then Diana says, uh, the joy of traveling as a family seems to be a strange concept for both parents. Why not just sit together? If you can't all sit in first class, no one should. This is real. And I know they're New York Times commenters, but this is like, wow, rich people have no values. Wow. Me, in my middle class living, we have family and we eat together every night and we love each other. Yeah, they probably still make like 200 grand a year as a combined income, but they're like, "Mm, we don't fly first class regularly, so we're middle Americans. Exactly. We're middle class and we love each other. It's like, congratulations on your not broken home. Yeah. Good job not divorcing your husband, Diane. (laughs) Her name is literally Diane. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Eric, what is your review of the New York Times ethicist? Is this a column you want to see back on the replay? I really like it. I think, as I say all the time when we talk about podcasts, you got to have a unique spin. This is a genuinely unique spin. And I'm very interested. And thanks for subscribing. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) That's true. It's it's so funny how against just all question askers I am. It'd be like, don't write in here. I know you're making me content, but don't write in. Talk to someone. Yeah. Every time. They're submitting themselves to the court of public opinion, and we are simply in that courtroom. That's true. That's true. Um, I know we we spent a lot of time on two questions, but I think that we did a good job on both. I think so. Yeah. I had fun. Absolutely. Amanda, what are you? What's up? What's Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me uh, having a great time playing a himbo on Join the Party. <laughs> Absolutely check it out. I love the heck out of that show. And Eric is doing incredible stuff with game mechanics and broader story and making drama and wonderful character moments for us as players. My favorite part of the week is playing Join the Party every dang week. So I would say listen to that. Wow. Yeah. You were just on, uh, speaking of advice shows, you were just on Unladylike. Yeah, wonderful podcast all about modern femininity and unfemininity by Kristen Conger, uh, talking all about the business of podcasting. And I love the chance to do that um, on microphone whenever I can. So I uh, loved doing that episode. It came out uh, in the end of May. So you should go check it out. It's all about podcast business. Business. Yeah. Uh, Hey, you can. Oh, hey, go take the multitude survey. Do it. I know we said it in the mid-roll, but we're going to say it again here. Take the multitude survey. Uh, we really want your responses. Um, we said that the, we're going to take uh, answers at like ending June 5th or June 6th, but you could do it this week. Do it this today or we tomorrow, this weekend. Shh. We're not going to tell. We're just going to start collating the answers starting like the Monday after <laughs> when this episode comes out. Yeah. So definitely get your answers in ASAP. We really want to hear your responses and I want to hear what you think about uh, new and improved games and feelings for sure. Yeah. And one of the questions is all about the different kinds of episodes that run on the games and feelings feed. So if mm-hmm. you're a replay stand, come through, let us know. Yeah. Stand for a husband and wife podcasting team. You can also uh, submit questions to games and feelings. Just go to the games and feelings website, uh, games in, and there's a little button, but I think it's games slash questions. Uh, if you just want to go to the slug and it's always in the episode description every single episode uh amanda thank you again for coming on the replay thanks for my little prezi no problem thank you for my little prezi of the ethicist and remember uh i'm looking at what aristotle said it's like the ethic about the ethics and uh there's nothing in the stone tablet that says anything about feelings oh it's on the back oh hold on let me turn it over no it's not on the back oh all right well yeah. gotta listen to the podcast
Games and Feelings is produced by Eric Silver and edited and mixed by Misha Stanley. The theme music is Return to French Toast Castle by Jeff Bryce, and the art was created by Jessica Boyd. Find transcripts for this episode and all episodes at our website, gamesandfeelings.com. Until next time, press X to enjoy the podcast.